Hello, welcome to Show Me Your Mic, the podcast about podcasting, which you can find online at goodstuff.fm slash SMYM, or on Twitter at SMYM underscore FM. I'm your host, Chris Enns, and for this episode, I've got Sawyer Paul. He's got an interesting story of starting and also shutting down a podcast network. And uh, we talk through some of the struggles of trying to help your friends with their podcasts and how sometimes unlimited isn't really unlimited when it comes to hosting and just commiserates over the awfulness of Toronto. My thanks to Jort Calendar and A Small Orange for supporting this episode of Show Me Your Mic. More about them a little later on in the show and how you can help out. For now, here's my conversation with Sawyer. Talk to me about, I guess, where you got, how you got into podcasting originally, and we'll cover what happened later with podcasting, but <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, I, I guess I, co- I covered some of this on, um, Mike Besterfield's uh, show, um, uh, last week, but, um, I, I started listening to podcasts around 2006. Like, I guess they'd been out on the iTunes store for about a year before that, but, um, I didn't really give them much of a thought until, uh, I lived in South Korea. I was an English teacher for a little while and I had a fairly long commute, and I think that's a fairly common thing that gets people into podcasting is a is an unwieldy commute. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and it was just it was just kind of lonely, and it was nice to have it was it it was nice to have conversations happening in my head that weren't just mine because uh, it's uh, if, if you're teaching in a foreign country and you don't really know that many people, it can be kind of lonely, and I found it to be hugely helpful and therapeutic to have these shows that I could look forward to. Um, but I got into doing them about a year or so after that. I did a, a music podcast um, called Soundloading, I think. And it was, uh, it was like, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes of like uh, music I wanted to share with people. I was basically making mixtapes and doing little bits in between. Nice. And so that was your first show. That, and was it so uh, nothing as far as licensing issues that you'd had to <laughs> run into? Or did, or uh, I did didn't you? run into any, but I'm sure I infracted on many. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I've noticed because it was, you know, it, it, it was before like, uh, it, it was before people would just put like a track on Tumblr and not worry about it. There was definitely, I definitely remember being hesitant about like, am I allowed to do this? Um, but I, it's funny. My very first, like, uh, hosting thing was like on um, iDisc. Like, I hosted my podcast on iDisc. Oh, nice. Um, like, I got a .dot mac account, and I I used iWeb, which I still kind of miss, even though it had huge problems. <laughs> um, but I used iWeb because it it said out of the box, it's like just put a file in here and have a podcast, and it was actually insanely easy. I don't know if there's an app these days that's as easy as as iWeb was for precisely just podcasting. Yeah, it's, it actually brings up a, a lot of memories of using iWeb, and I I sort of blocked them out maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, for podcasting, I'd see especially back in those days when there wasn't things like uh, SoundCloud and you know stuff like that for audio. It would just be it would be super easy as a creator just to be able to do everything from your computer or through a, an app on your computer and 
and have it all sync to the web and just sort of work theoretically. It was it was kind of nice, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, let don't get me wrong; these are totally rose covered glasses about iWeb. It had <laughs> and and dot Mac. It had lots of problems. Yeah. <laughs> but in this specific instance, like in terms of actual just podcasting, especially if your podcast wasn't popular and mine wasn't popular, it it worked pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> So where did you jump from that to, was there anything in between that and then just full out starting a podcast network as everybody does these days? or did you <laughs> As everybody does. Have a few baby um, steps. There, there were a few steps. I, um, I started doing a, a pro wrestling podcast in like 2011 and I didn't really know where to, where to put it because iWeb was gone. Um, and so I, I bought a hosting plan. Um, and I sort of, I, I had my like pages, like where people could find out about stuff on my, on my Tumblr, but the actual files lived on this hosting network, um, which worked out pretty well for a while, um, until I got to maybe my 30th or 40th episode. And then I hit a, a limit at that hosting place, um, which I, this is a very uh, like <laughs> this is a very sort of rare thing that happens with pretty much just podcasters is if they pick the wrong hosting spot they run into a lot of problems. Right. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if you have any history with that. I'm sure some of your guests have previously um, had this this happen to them where they they think they're fine with a certain amount of space or a certain amount of bandwidth and then it just blows up. Right. So did, in your case, was it something about popularity or you just you know. Some, I know sometimes hosts uh, will have somewhere in their terms and conditions, it's like, you know, you're not allowed to stream out audio files from this <laughs> thing and people just sort of ignore it. But then all of a sudden 50 downloads later and you've hit some. some I flag. think it was, it was partially popularity and partially just file size. Um, because as the longer you talk, the <laughs> bigger the file is. And so I would have these hour long shows that um, maybe I just wasn't like, truncating them properly but they would they would be you know 50 60 megabytes and after a while that adds up um on on a hosting thing and so i had to i had to move i found uh, i'm not going to name them because i'm going to say bad things about them later um, <laughs> but i found a, a hosting service that said that promised me basically unlimited bandwidth unlimited space unlimited file serving right. so and it was expensive and it was, and for a long time it was, it was worth the money. And, um, it was not only unlimited that it was also unlimited users and, and WordPress installs. And this is when I started, um, thinking that, you know, maybe I can, maybe I can help my friends out who also want to do shows or are already doing shows and are already running into problems with where to put these things. Yeah, which is where often folks who want to start a podcast network sort of think altruistic and they want to help help everybody. <laughs> I can certainly identify. <laughs> yeah, it it is it is that a somewhat common thing with other podcast networks where it's just like, <laughs> oh, I have this buddy and he wants to do a show, so I'll just bring him on too. Yeah, I think it's it's a bit of, well, it's a disease I think that podcasters have where they're always starting a new podcast and so Eventually, it makes sense that you'd have some sort of home, some sort of network type thing, and then inevitably you spread that disease to your friends and <laughs> bring them yeah. along and and bring them down with yeah. you, yeah, <laughs> as it were. And 
so I had a sort of system where I had I had a few friends who were doing it, and then I had and then I had friends of friends who right. were doing it, and and so I th- that's kind of when it became I okay I want to turn this into a thing and maybe a service maybe I want to turn this into like a service, so I like charge like a really really nominal fee just for the basically doing the setup of like installing WordPress and making everything kind of work and showing them how to do it and then just kind of let them use it. So I think around 2012 I want to say I had 15 or 16 shows. Um, I was doing three of them but the rest were being done completely independently um, by some people who were who were really popular who had you know, upwards of a thousand downloads per show. I don't. I, I mean, may, maybe that's not that popular relatively, but I feel like for the subject matter, because these were these were mostly podcasts about um, you know fairly niche nerdy topics. Like, and I know that's all of podcasts, but <laughs> like thing, things like pro wrestling, things like comic books, things like um, uh, college radio being taped. You know, like like right. he, yeah. like like a college student will have a show that he'll tape and then he'll put it up as a podcast. There were a few like that, uh, and some of them were really really popular. Um, yeah, it, it went pretty well. Like I, I I made kind of I think pretty nice logos for everything, and things were things were going well. And I think the most important thing was I had the time in my week at the time to spend you know two or three hours every week kind of managing this. Um, emailing people and 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 working with the people at the hosting company making sure everything's fine there um making sure everything was like on the up and up like that kind of licensing things like that yeah yeah Yeah. talk about some of the the headaches that you experienced or like the the good and bad obviously but just like the the things that you maybe either looking back Um, on or when you started didn't realize it would be a part of sort of the struggle (laughs) of running a podcast network you sort of very quickly become a landlord and I never wanted to be a landlord. (laughs) You know, you very quickly start doing things like telling them to turn the music down metaphorically, you know? (laughs) Um, and the, the thing with me was like keeping file sizes kind of down because some people who are maybe not quite as good at even I was like, I don't even consider myself that good at mixing, but like they were, they were uploading files that were 200 megabytes for like 30 minutes and it was just confusing Um, and it was difficult to like get, get them to do it basically, uh, to keep these things like manageable. Um, scheduling's hard. I mean, scheduling's still really, really difficult in the world of podcasting. Just, just getting two people in a room at the same time together, um, let alone two people who are on opposite ends of the country or on different time zones or let alone a third person, (laughs) you know, you do shows with like a panel and that's, not not just a bandwidth hog, but just really insane getting four people together in one place at one time. Um, I'm always kind of blown away when I see shows like uh, like The Incomparable or shows like that where it's just like a steady, consistent show with four people. Like I have no idea how the people at like Twit do shows or schedule shows because um, they always have like four or five people on. Yeah, and maybe I guess when you get to that scale, it's kind of like the 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 appeal of being on and making sure you're there. And maybe they even pay guests, certain guests or whatever for certain shows. I would guess it's probably a shared revenue thing of some sort. But but it becomes more of like part of your job, or at least part of your promotion of your job if you're some sort of social media guru, book writing right. person or whatever. <laughs> but and I would hope so. I would hope that I remember originally when I first started listening to podcast, I thought. 
I, I didn't have the thought that I think most people have is like, oh, these are just a bunch of nerds in their basements talking about stuff. I thought like these, this is like a real business and people are probably making real money off this because there aren't very many of them and everyone has an iPod. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> little, little, little did I know that like the, I, the podcast feature of most iPods was completely unused. <laughs> right. Did you come from the Windows world? You were, you know what? No, I came from the Mac world. Oh, okay. I, I'm a win. I, I, oh, yes, I'm yeah, super I weird. Yeah. I, I'm super weird. Is that I'm a Windows guy now, but I was a Mac guy for most of the first ten years of this decade. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, this I I have no idea how to really explain it, but I ended up like when Windows eight came out, some part of my brain was like, "Yeah, that's great. I'll do that." <laughs> so you sort of did the inverse of what <laughs> I did. I did the inverse of yeah. literally what everybody else did, and you know, I bought I bought a Windows phone, and it's the uh, I I hate it for the most part, but it does actually take like really amazing photos. <laughs> so getting back to podcasting, the the, yes. the network that you're running, um, some of the difficulties you mentioned there as far as scheduling and file sizes and stuff, and those are I think. I can speak yeah. from our experience here. It's still and, and, current. And people, and people misusing WordPress because it's so easy to break WordPress. Right. <laughs> and I, one of the mistakes I made early on was like um, administrative rights on WordPress things. I, I knew a little bit about it, but I didn't really know how granular you could be about telling, telling users how much they couldn't do. You know, right. and it, it, it became a thing with a few people where it was like they could sign up for a free WordPress account online and they didn't really see the difference between like a custom WordPress install and WordPress.com because it seems like you can do a lot more on WordPress.com than what I eventually let people do on my server. But it was really important to me not to let them <laughs> fiddle yeah. with it too much. <laughs> Like uh, the the first couple of people I let in, I gave them like kind of full FTP access, which was thankfully those people didn't mess anything up, but like they could have, you know, mm -hmm. like these are, these are rookie mistakes that I absolutely made. Yeah. So what did you end up using for hosting for the files when you were sharing files, like from a, you know, 15 shows or whatever, where were those hosted? Um, they were like, they were all hosted at this hosting company that was still sort of promising unlimited everything. Okay. Um, for kind of a massive price. Um, and th this is kind of where it became an, an issue was that that unlimited thing, um, after a period of time became not unlimited. <laughs> right. Um, it's, it's unlimited. Like this is so true, right? About everything. Things are unlimited up until the time when the person offering the unlimited thing doesn't feel like doing it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that can change based on client or based on time or temperament. But it's just like, oh, turns out we're not anymore. Yeah. Or it turns out we're not for you. <laughs> so was, because, it a, was it a case yeah. of like basically your water was turned on one day and then the next day was off? Or was there at least a bit of like a... There, there was a bit. There was, there was some... There were, I, was, I was always kind of talking to them because I didn't want the water to get shut off all of a sudden. I did not want that to happen to like my friends. And I didn't want them to lose everything. You know, that would have really been an unfortunate thing because after after a year year and a half of operating we had i think there was like 800 shows on this network in total like it was not not like shows but episodes? like episodes of right, shows yeah. yeah like people were really prolific yeah so um so i did i didn't want that to happen so i i kept in communication with these people but it, but there came a time where they were like okay this is this is too much for what we envisioned our unlimited service to be. 
<laughs> right. And so, so that's kind of when I had to make a decision. They offered me something that would work, but it was at a price level that was way outside of what like one person working at a regular job, which I was, could kind of afford every month. Um, and so I had a decision to make, like shut the thing down or move everybody somewhere else, which would have been crazy, um, or pay this exorbitant fee. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm being vague and uh, nonspecific about it, but I don't really want to like publicly disparage any company or anything. So, No, that's fine. Uh, you can, if you want to yeah. do it, sounds like you can, but you don't have to even do it. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> Rhymes with... Would, yeah. Um, no, but it's, it's fair. And that's... Um, that is a common struggle with, I mean, not just networks, podcast networks, but individual podcasters. It's just the mm -hmm. hosting thing is always a struggle. And every mm -hmm. everybody sort of has different some different solutions. And there's some big players, obviously, in the industry these days. But it yeah. still is a struggle. So, And that is, unfortunately, I got to the point where I said, and what, what really got to me was the fact that I just kind of didn't have those two or three hours every week anymore. Um, I'm, a, I'm a graphic designer, and I take on freelance clients and I was just getting busier and I just, I, I didn't have two or three spare hours every week to keep this thing up and running. Um, and so I eventually, I, I contacted everybody and told them that much like a landlord, I was like, well, we got about, I'm going to give you about two months to sort of figure something <laughs> out. And, and I did my best to like offer solutions. I, I basically told everybody to get Squarespace accounts. Um, cause that, that's currently where I host the two podcasts that I still do myself. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and, uh, which is a great, that's one of the great sort of hosts these days. And they're obviously well-known inside podcasting circles because they sponsor most every podcast. That's, at, that's true. They are, they are single-handedly <laughs> keeping the industry alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so the, um, the way that you had set up the, the site and sort of your network before, it sounds like it was more of like a, uh, your podcast hosts pay to be a part of it. And then did you do anything as far as like sponsorship or revenue sharing or anything like that? Or was it kind of just, it's your, you know, your, you said like a lower yearly fee or whatever, but that's basically, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, there wasn't, we never really got popular enough to have sponsors. Um, I think the most popular show we had would do, um, regularly 800 downloads per episode, which is, which is a lot, but is not enough for like a sponsor. Right. Yeah. But yeah, and it, these days it's yeah, it's tough. You probably were in sort of that awkward period too where businesses were not completely savvy enough to the idea of podcasts and and how they could be sponsor mm -hmm. uh, friendly or whatever and then and then now we're sort of on the other side of that where it's like too many businesses are, are <laughs> aware and they want cheap prices and and huge audiences and stuff and so but right. um, I digress. That's a, not a really a big problem. That's a good problem is to have, but so what yeah, I mean, it's certainly it's certainly good that like real businesses think that podcasting advertising is a real thing, but unfortunately, that also creates a real market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so you you sort of dispersed the the network, as it were, sent them all off into their own apartments or whatever. <laughs> yeah, essentially, and, and um, un unfortunately, it seems like most of them just kind of went under, and that and that's really unfortunate because not only was I like. Was I sort of encouraging them to do shows? But I, I was a really big fan of these shows. Like these shows were, were really intimate and close. And like, like one of the shows was like two guys in a bar that just like after they finished their shift would like do an hour on a show. And it was some of the funniest stuff I'd ever heard. Um, 
uh, like one of the one of the best female uh, sports reporters um, had a show on the network that I like is just so good, and I miss them. I miss the shows, and I I still kind of regret having to shut the thing down. And I wish I could have kept it going. Um, it's like a it's it's like like I like I told you on Twitter like this is a failure story of mine. <laughs> Yeah, which is not, I mean, it's not often heard, obviously, as well, but it is a very real thing that happens a lot, I think, mm-hmm. in especially, I mean, in not just podcasting, but it, just like you said, you sort of go into it and it really is exciting and there's a lot of motivating factors to sort of push each other and do better and record your episodes and sort of accountability and things like that. That's certainly something we've struggled with and had the benefits of here at Good Stuff. But, um, and then, yeah, the long haul is where it, it can break down as you know, like you said, you get a different job or life circumstances change and this isn't obviously paying your bills in, mm-hmm. in the main form or it's costing you, <laughs> costing mm-hmm. you bills. Um, and it's tough to, to keep going and yeah, it's just the reality of the situation. So, um, do you have any it's, sort of like epiphany advice coming out of the situation that you're, you're walking I mean, away with? The, I'm, I made a lot of rookie mistakes and I can definitely tell people if you're thinking about making a podcast network, I, I, I do think it's easier now than it was even three years ago um, to find space. And because there, there are things like SoundCloud and MixCloud and there, there's all sorts of places now where they're just like, sure, feed us tons of data uh, and we mm-hmm. don't care. And I, there's like there's Amazon uh, web services if you, if you want to kind of roll your own, which is great. You can still totally get a like a hosting service and install WordPress and stuff. And there's better deals now than there were a few years ago because uh, online storage has gotten cheaper. Um, but if like in terms of advice for people who want to do this, I would say maybe do more homework first before jumping in. Like it's, I ended up doing it piecemeal because I was sort of just running around in the dark and it was just like a, I want to help out my friends kind of thing. Which is great. Like that's, I think, one of the reasons a lot of people make a network, right, is because they have buddies uh, who want to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe just like build a better, build a better birdhouse first. Right <laughs> would be would be good, and maybe have some knowledge about like web development because I had zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or or make sure one of your buddies that does a show has some web mm-hmm. development knowledge or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I often that think helps. I think of somebody like uh, well, like a Mike Hurley. You might be familiar with like with Relay yes. FM. He, you know, it's okay to shut something down and then maybe it comes back again in a new form and um, mm-hmm. like his uh, seventy decibels site for a while and yeah, where it just becomes untenable to try and manage that or move it or something and and uh you know he's the, the, i still don't know how someone moves a podcast network i i could <laughs> never i wanted to like one of my options was like move it somewhere else i have no idea how one would do that without lo- like there's so many links that would break right yeah yeah and there is there's ways to like at least protect the feed anybody subscribing can do a mm-hmm. it's a 301 redirect that you can do so itunes doesn't lose you as far as where yeah. you are but but yeah the yeah. the episode pages and things like that are are all kind of like, <laughs> and that's why it was like history. if the if if the links I gave you for for stuff seem a little tattered is because it really did just like everything just broke when the whole thing shut down <laughs> yeah. like everything broke and so like things are just all over the place and links don't work and files are gone and for months for months afterwards I would get emails from listeners who were like what happened yeah <laughs> which is a it's a good reason to have um, like as long as you subscribe to your own show let's say or or you keep a backup but like. 
and maybe some podcasters don't think of this as a, as a necessity, but having a copy of your own show, for example, is a good mm-hmm. idea because you never know as much as, you know, Libsyn obviously or Squarespace or whoever is likely not going to disappear tomorrow. It can be a big pain to go back through and download those episodes or. And, oh, that's very that true. So, um, and there's, as long as there's an RSS feed, there's usually a way, but it's, yeah, whether the geek skills and time skills are high <laughs> enough to <laughs> yeah. manage. Well, it, Oh my God, the, like the time is almost as much as anything because, yeah, just the, like the managing of it became really unwieldy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I tip my hat off to anybody who's actually capable of doing it. Like, and it, it, it doesn't matter how small your network is. If you have, even if you have just one show, it's still like more time than you think it'll take to keep right. it going. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What are the shows that you're doing now? Um, I still do a, uh, a, a pro wrestling show on and off. It's called International Object, and we do like we're at like a monthly schedule at this point because we're both so busy. It's um, you know like a few years ago we had more time, and now we have less time, and that's right. all there is to it. Um, and I do another monthly show here in Toronto called um, Fran's Not Here, and it's a sort of a <laughs> it's it's a bit of like a hipster disparaging Toronto show because. <laughs> Because it's fun to hate on Toronto, even though I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, in Saskatchewan here, we definitely are familiar with hating on Toronto. With, with hating on Toronto. Yeah. yeah, no, it's 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 a national pastime. <laughs> it's good to have that in common. Yes. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't have guessed someone from Toronto would share that with me, but that's good. That's good We all me. don't like it here. <laughs> <laughs> Please get me out. <laughs> we wouldn't. That's the thing. We wouldn't move, but we don't like it here. Right. <laughs> I just want to pause for a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, which is Jort Calendar. Jort Calendar is your personal organizer. It's spelled J-O-R-T-E. Jort is easy to get started using and has many features for advanced users. On iPhone or iPad, Jort can sync with the default iOS calendar, Google Calendar, or Jort Cloud. You can keep your calendar in sync across your devices with the cloud services you prefer. Or if you don't have an iPhone, don't worry. Jort is available on Android as well. If you're concerned about privacy... It's no problem. Jort can be used as a standalone app and doesn't require you to sync with the cloud to use it as your daily organizer. Jort is developed by a small team based in Japan and is focused on calendaring, and they'd love for you to give Jort a try. If you prefer flexibility and customization options, Jort is the calendar for you. With daily, weekly, monthly, and vertical views, along with a variety of icons and themes that are available, you can customize Jort to your liking and preferences. Search for it now on the App Store or Google Play. Again, it's spelled J-O-R-T-E, or use the URL bit.ly slash goodstuffcalendar. Our thanks to George Calendar for sponsoring and supporting goodstuff.fm, and show me your mic. As far as gear and stuff you're using these days to record with, anything and stuff you've maybe tried along the way uh, sure. through your journey, what, did, what kind of mics and so, stuff have you? So obviously iWeb. Uh, <laughs> that's my favorite. Um I have been using a a blue snowball mic for years, and until this thing dies, I'm just going to keep using it because it's great. I've learned that the best way to, I've learned that the best way to use it is from about a foot away, because <laughs> it doesn't. The snowball is sort of the lower end one, and it doesn't give you a ton of options. Um, so about a foot away, that that would be my advice with this one. <laughs> um, that's that's if I sound good, that's because I've been trying to stay a foot away. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I used, I used a, a Yeti for a little while, um, but I found it unwieldy. Like there was too much, like it's, uh, maybe, maybe it is like a, like just a, a little too expert level for maybe the average guy. Um, 
for software, uh, Skype, um, I use if, – if you are a Windows podcaster, I would heavily suggest an app called um, Evair. It's E-V-A-E-R. It's, uh, it's like a $20 recording app and it's fantastic. Um, it does things like record both sides or one side or the other, that kind of thing, um, which is really useful. Right, it's for uh-huh. your Skype calls and stuff. If you're it, for your for yeah. your Skype calls, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, and it and it does really cool stuff that like like it lets the person know if you're recording if you want them to that kind of thing. So it, you don't accidentally record a call you're not meaning to record. Oh yeah, nice. That that kind of stuff is good. Um, and I've been for the last couple of years I've been using um, Adobe Audition for record for editing. Um, I ne- I never really got into um. What's the big one people use? Logic? Yeah, well, Logic on the Mac or Logic uh, on the Mac, yeah. Audacity would be the free-ish one on Windows. Yeah, I, I, I always hear people say Audacity for Windows, but I, I got to say Audacity, I feel, is – it feels low rent. I know it's free. Uh, it just it, – it feels like there's a lot of stuff that you'd like to do, even if you come from something like GarageBand. Like if you, if you use GarageBand on the Mac and then go to Windows and you're stuck with Audacity, you re- really feel like you've gone down a peg. Yeah, it's got a definitely the UI for sure has a bit of a lacking in polish. <laughs> that's yeah, for sure. yeah. But, but yeah. So I mean, but if if you're looking for something a little bit more professional on on the Windows side, and I guess it works on the Mac side too, but like Adobe Audition works works great. Yeah, and then uh, I guess from there, yeah, you're, like you said, you're using Squarespace these days for. Yes, hosting. I'm using Square. This is this is a happy endorsement for Squarespace. <laughs> I, I love that site. I love and I love how it works with podcasts. It's almost as easy as iWeb was. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And is it, does their hosting, like when you pay whatever it is, we will pretend it's $5,000 a month because we're, they're not sure. paying for this, but whatever you pay per month in Squarespace, yeah. the hosting of your MP3 files is included and you get basic stats these days or what's, how does it work? Uh, you get really good stats actually. You get like full, um, like download stats, uh, all, all that. It's really good. And it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be a cap on size or space. Oh, nice. Um, I, I do wonder though, that if you were to put up something like say 800 episodes of a, of a network, <laughs> if, if they might tell you to maybe get a couple of accounts instead of just one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the unlimited with a fine print yeah. rule. Cause right. they, I, I know that they do. If you, if you go up to their like top tier, you can have separate users and separate blogs and separate, um, unique URLs. So, I mean, you could potentially put together a network on one expensive Squarespace account. Um, right. But I, I, I do wonder that if you were to start doing that after a few months, they might send you an email. Yeah. But I yeah. don't know. Maybe maybe they are actually that good. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Might get a call from little Ryan, I guess, or whatever over there. At Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's, uh, the other thing I ask folks is what podcasts you're listening to these days. You mentioned a couple incomparable Twit, Square, or not Squarespace. That's... <laughs> Yeah, I'm listening to the Squarespace website. Yeah, <laughs> um, let me just quickly open up my Windows Phone podcasts app. <laughs> that was the other question: is yeah, what app you're using? So I, native- I use I use the native podcasts app on on Windows Phone um, because it's a baked in app. It does like auto downloads really well. Um, I found even when I was on an iPhone, I found like third party apps had had trouble sometimes remembering that it was time to download a show if you're on Wi Fi, that kind of thing. Um, but it's, it also crashes all the time and is a windows phone app. So it has a million problems. Uh, <laughs> um, 99% invisible. I listen to every single episode. The second it shows up, um, 
uh, back to work. I've never missed an episode. Um, it's that's the show that got me into listening to podcasts like daily <laughs> was nice. back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, KCRW's bookworm is a show I've been listening to since like 2006, like since the beginning. Um, really, really fantastic, like uh, literary podcast. Um, Ronick on the line is always just delightful. <laughs> Uh, I really, I really like systematic. I know it's moved around a bit, but I, I really like systematic, um, oh, with Brett Terpstra. Terpstra. Yeah. 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 Um, Night Vale is always really, really great. And, um, one that I just started listening to that I'm really enjoying is a design podcast called, uh, Through Process with, um, Namdev Hardisti and Mitch Goldstein. And, um, it's almost certainly on iTunes somewhere, but it's, it's a really good, calm, considered um, design show. And it's, uh, it's a little slow at times because it's so calm. (laughs) And I, I, I do wonder if maybe these guys are better teachers than like podcasters, but it's always really, really insightful and, and a fantastic listen. So that's, that's kind of what I'm listening to lately. Nice. So like design in the, in the actual like day job design sense or in the, right. Yeah. 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 They're both, um, I think they're both teachers at a college. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so 99% Invisible often builds itself as a design show, and I think people sometimes get confused <laughs> yeah. or think it's going to be all about Photoshop or Illustrator or something, and then obviously you're I, pleasantly surprised I, generally. Yeah, I like, I like that the word design is getting a broader mm-hmm. sense lately. It seems it seems like it's finally becoming a category, like a thought category as opposed to... Um, as opposed to just like moving around pixels, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, where can folks uh, find you and follow you and listen to you these days? Um, if they want to check out I'm on, I'm on, I'm on Twitter, uh, underscore Sawyer Paul, and uh, you can find my Squarespace blog at uh, SawyerPaul.com. Nice. Thank you so much for having me on. This was really fun. Yeah, I know. It's good to have you on and, and good to share a bit of the stories of the, I mean, not, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a failure, but just the, the struggles of, and the realities yeah. of running a podcast network that people don't often hear or, or think they just see the, yeah. I don't know, whatever glamour they see by looking at a website, but. They, yeah, I mean, we, I suppose we all do look like rock stars, but right. the reality is, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> As always, you can find all the links to the things we discussed, the shows we talked about at goodstuff.fm slash smym slash 81, episode 81 of Show Me Your Mic. My thanks to Jort Calendar and A Small Orange for sponsoring and supporting Good Stuff and Show Me Your Mic. If you'd like to support Show Me Your Mic and my podcasting efforts a little more directly, as I always mention, you can do so on my Patreon, patreon.com slash iChris. Thanks for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, iChris. Good stuff underscore FM is Good Stuff's Twitter account. Show me your mic is SMYM underscore FM. And you can always email me, Chris at goodstuff.fm if you have a question. If you'd like to be on a future episode, there's lots of bookings available right now in April or April, May. Um, goodstuff.appointlet.com or the link will be in the show notes as always, goodstuff.fm slash SMYM. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs>